Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's episode 160 of the One Man's Opinion podcast. Thank you, Vegas, thank you, one and all, for downloading, for subscribing, for liking, favoriting, commenting, listening, forcing friends, even at gunpoint, to listen in. To this podcast, we deeply, deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Appreciate that uh, so very much. We've got a big show planned for you today. I have been lying to you for the last couple of weeks. I keep saying I'm getting the gang back together. I'm getting the crew back. Today is that day. Before I bring in our esteemed guest, though, remind you who I am. My name is Jeff Manns. You will fu- you will hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, hosting a little show called Elite Sports. You can find my work over at fantasyguru.com. I'm part owner and also chief content officer over there. 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide. It's live and talk about it a lot on this episode. A lot of football coming over the next 60 to, who knows, 90 minutes of this episode and you are listening to this before July 1st. We have 50% off VIP Platinum subscriptions. Basically, listen, you know you're going to get daily fantasy football. You know you're going to get the football betting package. I mean, why wouldn't you? You, Your financial advisor would tell you to do it. For the price of that, you can get everything else that we do all year round. And if you purchase it now while it's 50% off, you're going to get the next NBA season, next NHL season, for football season and most of the rest of this baseball season and the first three months of next baseball season all for one low price. So get that PLAT50 is the promo code for VIP Platinum early bird pricing on the draft guide fantasyguru.com available. Now you could follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. I've been promising you guys this will not be a solo podcast week in and week out for the last couple weeks. Today, I am not alone, finally, not just in my heart, but I'm deeply fulfilled to bring in the team from FantasyGuru.com. We are hard at work with that draft guide, with our football product already but let's welcome him in one by one. First uh, off, we'll bring in Armando Marsal. He of the Mind of Marsal podcast obviously does amazing work with us at fantasyguru.com at Armando underscore Marsal on Twitter. Armando, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, Jeff. Uh, excited to be on the show today on your podcast. I know we do this every year and it usually leads to some great conversations. So looking forward to it. Like you mentioned, the draft guide. Uh, launched June 1st, a ton of content already on the guide and so much more to come. I posted today uh, is Tuesday. So today I posted the same faces and new places, uh, you know, pretty much uh, recapping some of the free agent move trades and how that's going to impact the fantasy football landscape in 2023. Absolutely phenomenal. Always great content from Armando Marsal. Uh, next up, Russell Clay, he of the Dynasty Fantasy Football Guide he, over there at FantasyGuru.com, at Russell J. Clay on the old Twitter machine as well. How are you, Russ? Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. And uh, yeah, as as is tradition, we'll have a, a good time today. <laughs> we will. What was the name of last year's 
We did a weird uh, a post nut clarity. That was the, what we named it <laughs> out of nowhere. Is that absolutely bananas? I wonder what this one's going to be called. Uh, we'll dive into that in a second. Last but certainly not least, it is our guy. He of the best ball guide over fantasyguru.com. I, he does every single thing. We always give him wide receivers because it's the hardest position in the world, and he is up to the challenge for my money, one of, if not the single best fantasy football mind going today. It is the great Tyler Beaker at Tyler Beaker on Twitter. B U E C H E R. Spell it. Spell his damn name right. How are you, Tyler? <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff, for that kind intro. Uh, I feel like I'm in midseason form. Like we've got best ball drafts going on. I'm still doing some rookie drafts. We got OTAs, news and notes coming in. But the post nut yeah. clarity, guys, I got to bring it back. It's because last year at this time, I felt like we had a, a big weight lifted off our shoulders launching the draft guide and i felt like it was the post-sex cigarette and then russ came in with the the clutch one-liner there and and the rest is history and you go back listen to that episode as a matter of fact folks it's always available wherever you're downloading and listening to this podcast from so the gang is all here we're going to be diving in we're going to talk a lot of football on this episode yes hijinks will ensue of course and We've got a lot of ground to cover. We'll we'll start passing it around. I'll go back right away to Tyler and say, you know, again, we did this a year ago. Where are you at one year later? It is this the burden? Is it getting easier? Is it harder to climb that mountain? You said you feel like you're already in midseason form. Like, take us through, you know, what your regimen looks like and what you're how you're feeling as we launch the guide this year. Yeah, right now, a lot of my focus is on preparing for the 2023 season in terms of like trying to uncover every stone, trying to find offenses that I expect to take a leap forward. I want to be there first when, so that it's like in DFS tournaments. We want to be the first to pick out when a big week's about to happen instead of trying to chase the following subsequent week. I'm trying to find ide- and identify offenses that I think are going to break out in 2023. Um, looking at some pace and play volume stats to try to find that information. I'll have some articles out on the website to keep you guys well informed there. But I'm, I'm spending most of my days doing best ball drafts, just getting reps under my belt with ADP, playing with different draft variations in terms of roster construction. What happens when I don't take a receiver early? What happens when I go elite tight end? Mixing things up like that. So just trying to get my feet wet in terms of the overall landscape of the NFL season because it changes year to year so much. Yeah, and by the way, it's like I always root for our team and I want everybody to do well. But I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as I hear Tyler talk, and Tyler's got like the eye of the tiger this year. I don't know what it is about this early going. I feel like he's got the eye of the tiger. And I'm thinking, holy shit, uh, is he going to win the $3 million on underdog? And holy shit, is he still going to stay here? If he, is he going to work <laughs> with scumbags like me? Uh, if if we're if he's winning the three mil on underdog, I'm like, oh, fuck me. Can we maybe a top 50 finish something, you know, nice, big money, but not the three mil. Uh, if Russ, any, any concern about Tyler leaving us in the dust? I mean, uh, maybe we should hack into his uh, <laughs> underdog and see if we can, you know, auto pick him a few times here or there to kind of average that out. I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of me, I would say, you know, uh, over the past year, I've kind of been honing my sports betting skills 
for for all sports and uh you know i kind of feel like you know in like grappling you just lose every time for a sure. while and now yeah. i'm starting to uh get some subs get some uh get some wins here and uh i'm i'm getting that uh, nice and nice and ready for football season so really looking forward to that facet this year but obviously dynasty rookie drafts uh how these rookies are going to acclimate themselves i i've been posting uh the rookie expectation series yeah. over the last week or so uh which kind of gives a general range of what we're we're going to be thinking about the the incoming classes so uh that's kind of been my focus but also you know best ball as well as kind of started up as well yeah and it's going to be big with uh we're going to pick russell's brain throughout the course of this show because after b john robinson rookie drafts i'm in six or seven dynasty and rookie drafts like this over the last four weeks and in a couple as we speak, and it's all over the place. Like, I don't know if oh, you, yeah. about you guys, but uh, Russ, is it, it's very non-symmetrical after, usually it gets Bijan. Gibbs has been second, but I've seen him drop the fourth even in some drafts. And after that, though, it's just complete chaos some of these rookie drafts well the uh the transfer portal and nil deals and all this stuff has really screwed up our these guys stay at one school for three or four years develop and go through that it's haywire and some of these yeah. guys that are getting drafted high it's like is that guy good it's it's definitely a new era that's for sure no doubt about that uh, armando marsal I can't stop. He's the only person in the world and especially only coworker I think I've ever run into where I'm like, dude, can you slow down? Can you like maybe, you know, I need you long term. The work ethic is through the roof. I know, Armando, you're doing a million things. You've got league setup series coming out shortly. You've got the draft strategies uh, series that you're helping out on and a million other things. Where are you at right now, Armando Marcel? Oh, mid-season four, 365, uh, 24-7, Jeff. That's where we're at. But uh, no, I I so Tyler said he's get he's getting his feet wet with best ball. Look, Tyler is already about yeah, you know, in knee high water. Wet. Like, it's knee <laughs> oh, he's, he's like wet, right? he's underwater. Already. I I am starting to get my feet wet uh yeah. with uh best ball drafts, and I, I really am looking forward to start wrapping them up. Uh, we did one uh, on the roster coach today, and it, I think we drafted pretty well. Uh, so it's something I want to put a little bit more volume than I did last year into it this year. And then I've also been getting my feet wet more with uh, Dynasty Leagues. I, I'm in one with you as well, uh, Jeff. We had a, a draft. Uh, we're still drafting it. It's, I think it's the sixth round already of the rookie only. So uh, already in the deep portion of the Is draft. Is that but the yeah, Diehards draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, no that's, a, that's a fucking disgrace. That draft <laughs> is a fucking <laughs> disgrace. No, let me, let me, like, Armando knows it. And listen. I want to say I love Mike Dempsey. Like he and I are true <laughs> core bros. However, it's complete bullshit. His team is so fucking loaded. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's a guy and Tyler and Russ are independent. They're not in this league. Guys, does a team that has Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Christian McCaffrey, like amongst a lot of other top end talent, in a 32 team league does that sound right to you guys jeff i no. <laughs> you forgot to I say i think you might be getting Robinson. a cold i think you might <laughs> yeah. have to uh 
have to find. Uh, I think you might not be able yeah. to finish that league this year. You might have to oh, bow oh. out. And Tyree Kill and B. John Robinson <laughs> and fucking Travis Kelsey. Like this is a thirty-two team league. There, he just he. Uh, this is the absolute trade rapiest thing ever. He just puts so much pressure on people, and everyone's like in awe of Mike because we all love him. Nobody will say no. He got he traded like six defensive players for B. John Robinson. And I just threw up my hands. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Sticks rando defensive players, too, including two cornerbacks that don't even factor in. Oh, come on. It it was nonsense. Oh, it's complete and utter nonsense. But, yeah, uh, Armando, so outside of that league, everything else is going well. Yeah, everything else is going well. (laughs) Looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a fun season. I really do. I think that there's – a lot of situations that right now seem a little bit murky. And this is why drafting at this time, uh, it makes a lot of sense. You're going to get an edge because there's some murky situations where I might have a strong opinion on certain players or you might have a strong, you know, and you, you invest in these players and if it pans out, you're going to have, you know, a, 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 I guess an, an edge against your opponents. Last year, Damian Pierce was that guy for, for me at least where we were drafting him really late in draft. So I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna start getting my feet wet now. I'm not Tyler. I'm not knee deep, knee deep in yet. But I am gonna start getting my feet wet with these best ball drafts. We're all playing for a second when Tyler's on the court. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He's like uh, Jokic right now. There's not even a question. <laughs> but nevertheless, let's start. Let's talk about. It, I always like to set goals. I'm not even sure if you guys are as goal oriented as I am or not. But like every year, I, I go through my processes and sort of. Think, all right, what am I trying to accomplish here? What are the goals for this season? Russell Clay, we'll start with you. What's a goal or something you have? Your You mentioned the betting element before. It could be that or anything else. What's a goal that you have for 2023 football season? Yeah, definitely setting up uh, sports betting, DFS, Dynasty, and season long uh, in a in a functional way while also, you know, optimizing our uh, Sunday morning chat. So, uh, you know, if you're just playing fantasy football and you just have one season-long league, it's one thing. But I think all of us and a lot of listeners can relate to like, all right, how do I manage all of this stuff um, while not making errors and and going through all that? So um, that's that's one of my goals. But also, you know, uh, I kind of have uh, some dynasty leagues right now that are, you know, that they're ready to be out of the oven. Uh, nope. You know, we've been yeah. baking for a few years yeah. and now it's like, all right. Um, so it's time to go in for the kill on my dynasty leagues. Uh, you know, maybe trade some future first uh, once uh, once we're getting there in midseason and and go for some championships this year. So uh, my goal is to uh, take down some championships and dynasty this year. Lit Russell Cook is uh, makes a lot of sense. Luckily, <laughs> Sean Payton uh, isn't uh, restricting you this year. By the way, I could talk about the 2024 class a lot. I've been telling people just sell everything for this year. And get into that 2024 class however you can because it looks pretty meaty, at least as of now. Who knows what it'll be like in a year. Uh, Tyler Beaker, goals for this season. Is it just simple? Take down to three million? Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. it, so. it actually is rather simple. Um, so I have a question for you guys. Have you guys moved to a new place in the last two calendar years? No. No. No? Okay. It's it, Moving is the worst. 
I, I liken it to like the, the inner ring of hell. Um, <laughs> it is the absolute worst. And I was packing ready to get, to move to the DC area, uh, September of, uh, maybe, was, yeah, late August last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fell asleep early one night after a night of heavy packing, and mm-hmm. I slept through an FFPC main event. Oh, I auto drafted it. Shit. No. I auto drafted a two thousand dollar team. Oh! So, my, so my goal this year is just to show up, just to show yes! up. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's the greatest when the bar is low. I'm, I am the absolute king of low bar stepping. I I could climb over any low set bar. So how did that team finish by the way? Cuz so, listen, I don't know, auto draft, maybe how did it end up finish? Were you way the out of F- it? The FFPC uh I don't know, AI set me up for a lot of running backs. It was a very running back heavy team. Uh yeah. finished around 500, but uh did oh. not advance. I was yeah. amazed to get to 500 though. Yeah, well, I you know what? It's crazy. It's almost better to do that than sort of like memory overload in a lot of ways. You know, I'm, it's mm. never good to listen. It's never fucking good to use the default rankings or the AI or whatever. It's not good. But sometimes overthinking and overcalculating and trying to get too cute and too fine, that has even a worse effect sometimes. So, uh, all right. So the bar is pretty low for Tyler yes. Armando. <laughs> what do you got? You just trying to stay alive or? You know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, just 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 try to say it. No, um, I, I also like like Russell. I want to get more involved in the betting, uh, especially in the content uh, department. So definitely want to do that. And then uh, I want to win the SWA uh, Rider of the Year award. I finished as a oh. finalist last year, and and that's a goal of mine. I'm, I'm gonna just try to put together some good content to uh to get another shot at that. I can't. I do. I all right. I can't sit here and I'm uh, this is the one man's opinion. This is an honest podcast. I have to. It's it's like I'm not on serious. I have to be honest. You might win it. You might because it's again, you win it because you're well liked. People respect you and they like you. It has almost nothing to do with your actual work. It really and I believe trust me, folks, I have Four, three, four of those awards sitting on the shelf over my right shoulder from where I'm recording this. Every one of them, I knew about it months before. I knew I was winning. They told me. It is the most bullshit of all the bullshit. And it's not just FSGA. I'm sure they change things and, and all that. But yeah, listen, Armando, I'm I'm sending you an award right now because you, to me, you've <laughs> been an award winner for years um, I think you definitely could take it home because it is. I think you are in that, you know, well liked, and and you don't say anything too controversial or mean or anything like that. But don't let that ever any one of you guys don't let it ever adjust to your work because you guys are all top notch and all of you out there like awards. This is why you don't bet on fucking awards either. They're bullshit. Awards are fucking bullshit. The MVP is bullshit. They didn't give it to Jokic this year when he had a better year than he did before because they couldn't, because they didn't want him in the three times. It's all just blah. So, uh, yeah, not to shit on your uh, goals, Armando, but I want you to be confident and know that you not winning an award is not a focus on you at all. And uh, that that's I think that's important because you're an award winner to me. I, I appreciate that, Jeff. I, I I know. I know it doesn't define me. Uh I just uh not like losing. I'm sending you. Oh fuck I yeah, like I losing. know. Competitive man. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't like losing. 
Hell yeah, brother. Well, we wish you luck, obviously, with that and, and everything, by the way. I mean, we got a lot to go. Armando's the only guy, like, he's like, yeah, man, I'm in the hospital right now, but I'll have my article done by three. And I'm like, wait, what? What? You're doing what? Yeah, I'm having like, you know, oh, my guts are open right now. I just came out of anesthesia, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? He, he is, uh, he, if anybody deserves the uh the enshrinement is this guy trust me ladies and gentlemen let's go to i want to talk surprises then for this year uh armando will kick it right on back to you who's your surprise team right and if you say the chiefs i'm literally uh, clicking the disconnect button no it's it's not the chiefs um i think the colts i i really think the colts are going to surprise a lot of people Uh, i know there's concerns regarding anthony richardson and his accuracy or whatnot. But the same could have been said about Josh Allen early on in his career. And I think this, this young man, I mean, it's pretty clear he possesses a ton of upside. I think he fell into the perfect situation, uh, you know, with, with the new coaching staff there, former offense coordinator uh, of the Eagles, worked with Jalen Hurts, worked with Justin Herbert early on in his career. This is a team that has a very good offensive line, um, you know, uh, one of the best running backs in football, a very good young receiver in Michael Pittman. I think there's a lot of pieces here uh, for Richardson to work with. And I think this team is just going to be better than what we've seen in years past. I think the biggest concern for them has been the quarterback position. They've been trying to uh, go after the veterans and kind of just plug in that, that void. Uh, And I think, you know, they swung for the fence and got a quarterback with so much upside. And I think it's going to pay dividends for this team. So I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think they'll be playing, uh, for second place in that division behind the Jaguars. But I do think it's going to be a very competitive division between well, those two. Well, I think, I, listen, I I like that call because I think it's a winnable division. Now, I don't know if two AFC South teams are going to get in. That AFC conference is jam-packed. So uh, it's uh, you make all great points with the Colts. It's not a team that I was really thinking about, but you're right. They're not far away from – being competitive they weren't like this isn't a major rebranding or rebuild either tyler beaker surprise team for you in 2023 for me uh it's gonna be the new york giants i feel like year one with brian dable felt like we had the training wheels on daniel jones uh the giants they were bottom 10 and pass rate over expectation jones rarely threw the ball deep he was 35th out of 36 qualifying quarterbacks ahead of only the now retired matt ryan uh we saw this team in this offseason reinforce the receiving talent around them they had a lot more speed, a lot more size. And Jones, very mobile friendly. Top five in rushing yards among quarterbacks. Top three in rushing touchdowns last year. I think he could be in for a banner year in 2023. And we saw this postseason. The pass rate jumped up quite a bit whenever they had nothing to lose. They had made the postseason. Um, I think that could be a harbinger for what's to come for this offense. And I, I mean, the defense, I think, looks pretty good. Uh, I like this pass rush unit here with uh, Aziz Ajulari. Um Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau. Yeah. Leonard Williams when he's healthy, uh, adding Bobby Okereke in the middle, uh, Deontay Banks at cornerback. I mean, I, I like the Giants. I think they could be a sneaky team this year, and they are so cheap right now in drafts. You can get exposure to New York very easily. Well, I, I uh, my coaching breakdowns over at FantasyGuru.com and in, in the draft guide, you know, I'm balls deep in these right now. But Brian DeBall, just to, here's just one thing to back up your argument. Brian DeBall's record since 2013 in places he's been 112 wins, 47 losses, and one tie. 70% winning percentage. And, you know, he took over New England 
you know, didn't take over, but he, you know, at, at a downtime, a downswing, two championships there, granted. But he's been at Cleveland. He's been in Miami. He was at Alabama, which, okay. Then Buffalo, before Josh Allen got, you know, really good, he's the engine, and then goes to New York, winning record in, in year one. What are they, seven and three, I think, the first 10 games of last year, too. Like, this Giants team, they're, they are going to be competitive, and uh, I, I like that call. A lot. Russell Clay, what's your surprise team in NFL this year? Uh I would say uh I'm I'm in on Arthur Smith and the uh the Falcons kind of kind of making a, a little run here. Terrible uh division. And I think this offense is just gonna body some people this year. Uh, just based on personnel, when you look at Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Bijan Robinson, uh, I mean Arthur Smith kind of made Tyler Algier looked like a guy who could be a long-term starter last year. So installing a guy like Bijan who can do a ton of different stuff uh, has me really, really excited. I know people are questioning Desmond Ritter right now, but I guess the thought is whoever's starting there is going to have, I mean, completely inflated numbers because of the personnel with Pitts, London, and and Bijan. So I think those guys can carry whoever is starting uh, to, you know, a top 10 to 15 offense. And I think that's going to result in some wins. And I mean, in that division, I think it could be a a division uh, victory for them in 2023. And defensively completely renovated their entire secondary. They also went out and got Ryan Nielsen defensive coordinator. That's going to, he's going to use a lot more press coverage on the outsides, you know, more of a Vic Fangio type approach where they're going to play the three, four, and press these guys on the outside. They get Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. Uh, Richie Grant's a good, uh, uh, strong safety in Atlanta as well. I, I think they're going to defend better than we've seen. And by the way, getting Calais Campbell with Yoni Mata and uh, uh, Grady Jarrett, of course, very maneuverable, freewheeling uh, front for that Falcons defense as well that I think is quite intriguing. So I'm, I dig that. Let's be honest. I could make a case for a lot of NFC teams, AFC teams. Yeah. Almost impossible because they're so fucking good. Like I, I honestly said this and um, I'll see how you guys feel about it. Now we chose Calvin Ridley as our cover uh, player. I think that the bet big in 2023, great line. Tyler Beaker will credit you with that one because I think that was a genius call. And we like it a lot. Although I said this on the air recently and got bodied for it. Imagine that, right? I said the Jacksonville Jaguars are probably the eighth best team in the AFC. And that they're probably barely a top 10 team in the NFL. And that's nothing against the Jaguars. Because I think they'd be the second best team in the NFC, quite honestly. I just look at this discrepancy from one conference to another, and I I can't get over it. I think the Dolphins are fucking bananas with Vic Fangio. Bananas. Good. And that offense. And if they get Dalvin Cook, fuck it. Forget it. Buffalo. The Jets are improved. Cincinnati, we all know. Baltimore's trying. Todd Mountain, they're opening up the offense. Lamar Jackson contract. Cleveland Browns, I think, is a top five roster in the national football league. Then you have the chiefs, of course, the chargers playoff team from a year ago, open up that offense and get their uh, edge rushers healthy. Sean Payton's in Denver. I mean, I don't know. Armando might 
crazy. I, I like the Jaguars and all, but we're and, and by the way, also the Jets. Fuck the Jets. They I mean I don't think they have a fucking chance. I really don't. I don't the Jets are much closer to the bottom of the AFC East than they are the top. Armando, your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, so it's tough to disagree, right? I'm I'm big on the Jaguars Jaguars this year. I'm I'm investing in them a lot in fantasy. I, I think they're gonna have a big season. I think Trevor Lawrence is is gonna put himself in that top five, six, you know, conversation at the end of this year from a fantasy standpoint. Um, he was very close last year and he got a, a great weapon in really now. But you make a lot of good points. Look, look, I I thought the Broncos underperformed last year. When you look at that roster, it's it's a very good roster. Now they have a, a, you know an excellent coach uh, that's going to take over there. I think that team is going to improve. That division itself is, is you can you can make a strong case for three teams to you know to to make the play, the playoffs from that division. Uh, you mentioned it as far as the, the Ravens improving. The Dolphins, uh, you know, I I think the Dolphins' defense is going to be one of the best defenses in football this year. I, I, yes, I mean, they underperform. They're so talented, and this is not me, you know, being biased because I, I I'm a Miami fan or anything of that nature. It's just they 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 got themselves one of the best coordinators in football, and with this kind of talent, you know, adding Ramsey as well, oh. uh, I just think that they're really in, in position to be one of the better units in football. When you look at it from the defensive side, and we already know what their offense is capable of doing, uh, another year under the belt under this system. So there's a lot of good teams uh, in the AFC. I, I think their best path, if, if we're being honest, the Jaguars' best path to the postseason, and I think this could be said about you know teams like the Jets, teams like Miami, um, is winning their division. I mean, that's really the ultimate you know way that they can lock it in because I do think that there's going to be a lot of competitions. You know, if you don't win, you know, for those wild card spots, there's going to be a lot of competition in the AFC. And it, they might have a winning record, but there's going to be several teams here with winning records that are going to be competing for that wild card. So, it, yes, I I do think I don't want to say that the, the you know, the, the 10th or 11th uh, best team in the AFC. But I do think that there's several teams that are very competitive and I would say pretty even when it comes to them versus the Jaguars. Russell, let me let me throw one thing in here. So I am the I am immensely high on the Jaguars this year. Uh However, if you're going to make a case against them last year, they had four games and I only bring this up because I watched all of them. I watched the highlights of all of them last night. That's that's (laughs) the type of last night. I am. Um, But uh, well, I watched the highlights. But so the Raiders. They were yeah. down 20 to nothing to the Raiders, pulled that mm-hmm. out of their ass. Yep. Uh, they they had lost that Ravens game. They they converted like three fourth downs to pull that out of their ass. That Cowboys game, yep. they were down like 25 to 7 and yep. uh they they came back to win that in overtime and then They were down 27-10 in the Cowboy game. I remember that one. Yep. Yeah, and then the Jet the the Chargers game, I mean they were like a plus twelve hundred at halftime, you know, and yep. uh, they pulled it out of nowhere. So if it's, any of those games goes wrong, they don't even make the playoffs last oh, year. So absolutely, well, this team was yeah. absolute dog shit. They were three and seven, two and yeah. six at one time, three and seven yeah. a couple weeks later, and I mean they were dead. And listen, I love. It. Here's the problem, and I got a real problem with a couple teams, like the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars. As much I love these teams, but. When you have a chance, and this is critical 
for everybody in fantasy. When you have a chance to close, you fucking close. You have to. There is a difference in this world being a playoff team and a, a generally good record person or, or fantasy player, and they're fucking champions. And it's the same with the NFL. And if you don't got what it takes, then you don't got what it takes, period. And I am blown away by the Jaguars' lack of defensive focus in this draft mm-hmm. this year or even in this in the uh, uh, free agency. I don't know how you trot Trey Herndon, uh, Campbell, Demarius Williams, or uh, whoever the Rams guy used to be. I, I mean, I don't know how you do it. How you in the AFC? I know your division stinks. Fine, but how you trot those corners out? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I mean, Lawrence is going to have to do a lot, which is great for fantasy, by the way. So, from a fantasy point, I that's why I love Calvin Ridley, Kerr, Etienne, Lawrence. I love them because this defense is really poor. I just I can't get over that, and I think if they're actually going to win games. They're going to have to stop somebody, and I don't think that. All the games Russell just mentioned, those are fucking 40-point wins or 27 unanswered point wins. Can't yeah. be doing that all the time. You can't count on that a lot. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the Jaguars, your thoughts on the AFC-NFC discrepancy there? Yeah, I think they had the 25th pick in this year's draft, and floored they didn't spend it on a defensive player. Uh, I mean, 23rd or 25th. Um, just floored by that. Uh, I expected them to pick a safety there and improve that secondary. But yeah, the cornerback group, very, very poor. I think the Jaguars do make a leap offensively, which could kind of like mask the, the weaknesses on defense. We also have to keep in mind, this is a really poor AFC South. Like the yes. Titans, Texans, Colts. I don't expect these defenses to be phenomenal whatsoever. And I, I was kind of looking at some splits for the Jaguars. From weeks 1 through 10, the Jaguars ranked 8th in EPA per pass, 14th in pass rate, 22nd in points per game. Over the final eight weeks of the regular season, they were fourth in EPA per pass, sixth in pass rate over expectation, and eighth in points per game. They improved across the board there. Uh, I think we saw Trevor Lawrence come out of his shell um, early in the season, given what we saw from the 2021 season, oh, yeah. uh, and then progressed as well throughout the 2022 year as the weeks progressed. Uh, I mean, I can't like get that wild card round out of my mind, that down 27-0, to come back and win 31-30 against the Chargers. Uh, I mean, like, I think this offense, the arrow is pointing straight up. So I'm, I like the Jaguars offense. I don't really want to make a claim in terms of the eighth best team in the AFC because I haven't really gone through that exercise. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I don't see them going to the AFC title game. I just see them being very good in terms of a team we want to invest in for offense because of what I mentioned there with the, the pass productivity and the pass rate uh, expanding and increasing in terms of adding more play volume there. Um, they added Anton Harrison in the first round, added Calvin Ridley, added Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. added Brenton Strange. Just a lot of weapons there. I like this Jaguars offense quite a bit. And Tyler, we gave you credit for the Calvin Ridley call on our cover of the draft guide at fantasyguru.com. So what is it? Ridley's numbers? Because there's not a ton. There's a bunch, you know, a good number. I think there are 12th or something vacated uh, targets. Uh, 20th, 4th, or whatever, and vacated receiving yards. So not a lot of absence. Marvin Jones is essentially the guy he's coming in for. How does his – what do you see, foresee for his production, and who does it come at the cost of, in your opinion? Well, I mean, we saw this offense last year bring some pretty nice consistency on the outside between Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. 
Uh, I think it's really going to come at the expense of Zay, Zay, I think, now that Marvin's out in, back in Detroit. Zay probably falls back quite a bit in the pecking order. But Ridley, I mean, last time we saw him, he was PPR wide receiver five. Yeah. Almost 2.5 yards per outrun that year. And now joins the Jaguars team that's going to be passing quite a bit. Um, I do admit there's a wider range of outcomes for Ridley, given that the long layoff and there's just so much sure. uncertainty there. Um, but I'm buying. Like You can buy him at that 3-4 turn in drafts right now or Christian Kirk at the 4-5 turn. And I'm more bullish on Ridley there just because of what he offers as a perimeter receiver and just the, the prototypical wideout. Uh, so I'm buying him at, at current cost. Yeah, I like that as well. I think there is a bit of a valley, too, once you get into that range that really, really stands out as like that round three, four wide receiver to get because the upside is massive. There's no question about it. And, hey, we also don't have to worry about touchdown by Jones. Like, which one? Zay versus <laughs> yes. Marvin. We don't have to worry about that. What a nightmare. Yeah. In Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, at least this year. Um, Let's talk about the must-haves. Let's talk. Oh, no, no. You know what? Wait, let me go back to quarterbacks because I want to go. Where does Trevor Lawrence fall for you guys? Armando, uh, real quickly on this. We, I mean, they're Mahomes, Hurts, Josh, Lamar Burrow, uh, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence. I include Watts, and I'm probably the only human being that still remembers the the great year of 20, whatever it was, 2020, um, long time ago. But they're, they're nine real capable studs at quarterback which which area which one are you hoping you get the most armando uh i i'm personally okay with the cheapest one of the group um I, i'm i'm leaning towards trevor lawrence because he is the cheapest one of the group and i think we saw last year he finished what top six in fantasy points among quarterback so i think adding really just gives him a little bit more upside so i definitely think the top five is very feasible for him um, he's not uh, an active runner like some of these other quarterbacks, but I think you know the touchdown. He'll he'll make up for it with with touchdown passes here. So well, I think top five is is a good way to view Lawrence. An interesting thing about him is that Lawrence and Burrow both had five rushing touchdowns last year. Pretty like you know these guys don't run a lot, but it's like oh shit, like they you know they get around the goal and they're over two hundred yards for the year, and that they get five touchdowns. Russell Clay, what's uh, what quarterback? Be targeting this year. So uh, of that main group, or are you just waiting? I guess one one thing on Lawrence, uh, you know, in terms of Ridley, I actually think he's a perfect fit with the skill sets of Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. None of those guys historically ran deeper routes and we did see Kirk kind of getting deeper there and Zay Jones getting deeper there, but I don't, I don't think that's their natural game. Uh, you know, they're more intermediate targets. So I think Ridley's going to raise the ceiling there for passing yards, uh, compared to, you know, an aging Marvin Jones who still had good ball skills, but was, you know, uh, a diminished version of himself, but, Oh, okay. So, my my big thought on quarterback this year is that people are underrating um, the incoming class of quarterbacks from a fantasy perspective. Now, I'm not very high on any of them long term, but because of, you know, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, like all those guys busting. And then we had kind of mediocre Kenny Pickett last year. We, we see this. Uh, people just are now fading uh the the rookies and yeah. if stroud starts all year i'm pretty confident you're gonna get 
at least uh, uh you know reasonable QB2 that can start for bye weeks and stuff. So he's a guy I'm honing in on. I don't love Bryce Young, but I mean, 17 games is 17 games, and I, I think there's a real chance he could start there. They're going way too late, uh, and and I'm a guy who historically kind of fades rookie quarterbacks, but uh, th- those two are going way, way late, so I'm kind of buying there. Dig that. Um, Tyler Beaker, where, where are you at? What's the ideal quarterback for you this year? His name is Josh Allen. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm buying. thinking about it. I'm buying once again. Uh, 28 fantasy points per game weeks one through eight when he was healthy. Uh, I think there's a massive contrast in terms of that passing production when he was healthy before that elbow injury in week nine. I think it was nine against the Jets. He was averaging over 300 yards per game during those first eight games. And then during the final eight games, that dropped to 235 yards per game. Uh, the rushing production kind of stayed the same, but with that combined with Gabriel Davis suffering a high ankle sprain super early in the year, we just never really saw this Buffalo passing attack look like the 2022 form um, that just went nuclear. So I'm buying Diggs and this Diggs, Allen, Davis. I'm buying the rebound. I think this Buffalo Bills offense can turn things around once everybody's healthy. And you're able to get him now round three. Like I mean, just like yeah. a month or two back in ADP, Josh Allen was going in the middle of round two. Quarterbacks are starting to slide. I, I'm not buying a quarterback in round two, but round three, I'm in, I'm interested. The next six weeks is the best time. The market, the market will all eventually, you know, tighten up. But right now, people are just starting to get in, and they're all making their stances. And we're starting to see players that are very, very good just slide on down because they don't have the hype around them. Don't don't forget also the Buffalo Bills don't have the Jeff Mann's endorsement as Super Bowl champion. I'm not predicting them this year. So that means you know they're off the chain there. They're they're able to I let them fly and maybe that's this is the year they finally punch their ticket because the last two years I felt they were the best team going in and something always ends up getting in the way. All right, uh Wanted to go into the must-haves for this year as well. Russell Clay, let's start out with you. Who's your must-have fantasy player? Could be any position. Who's the guy? And ideally, let's say past round two. Doesn't have to be deep, though, but just, you know, not the first round two. two. All right, so I'm going to go back to the well here with Kyle Pitts, and everyone is going to groan when I say that. Gross. And, um, you know, he's still kind of coming back from that injury, but Kyle Pitts price tag this year is much, much more palatable than what was he almost a, a second round. rounder last year. It was, it got, you really hope to crazy. get him in the fourth. You had to probably take yeah. him in the third last year. Yeah. And now it's the sixth, I believe. And yeah, the sixth, sixth round. Sixth, sixth, seventh round sometimes. So that's a much better range for a guy who did have a thousand yards in his rookie year and, you know, should have a slightly more stable situation than last year. I still believe that he is the best, you know, tight end prospect of the last couple of decades. And I think he did prove that in some ways in year one. Um, so I'm, I'm buying, I'm going to always buy guys like that. Uh, that have proven it at least one year and then, um, you know, had the stumble last year, but I'm, I'm buying and I'm, I'm pretty confident in that round six, seven range that, 
Uh, I'm not going to regret that pick. Um, and and the good news is, you know, people are so burnt on him yeah, that yeah. I'm, I don't have much competition for picking him. So it's the best. I love it so much. Remember, I talk about this all the time because it doesn't get enough respect in our circles. This is a game where we are playing against one another. These players don't really matter. Yes, of course. It's poker. The card is great to have pocket aces. Pocket king It's great. Right. But you're playing the people. A hundred fucking percent. We play each other. And so everybody drafting off of the ADP list doesn't do anything. We're just spinning the wheel wherever it lands. It lands. You got to make your point. You got to get your edge and you got to play against people. I love when the market sours on a player like the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Oh, I love it so much. It's the greatest because people aren't paying attention. It's like, I don't give a shit about last year. Last year, gonna go pound sand. I don't give a shit. What is about to happen? It's the only thing I care about. And yeah, I think Pitts definitely, he's burned so many people that they're simply letting him slide and taking, you know, Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson, all ahead of them, which I think is a, a fair trade-off. That's for sure. Ar- Armando, who do you got? Who's your must-have of the year? Um, Miles Sanders. I think he's undervalued right now. He's going off the board as RB19 on average uh, on underdog. Look, he's coming off a career year, um, and I think we're he's in a, in a good position to have maybe the biggest workload he, he's had in his career. It's the first time ever he's had over his 200 rush attempts last year. He did very well over, uh, you know, 1,200 yards. So I think he's going to be more involved in the passing game in Carolina than he was in Philadelphia because, you know, he doesn't have a quarterback like Jay Hurts is going to take off with the ball. There's going to be more check downs here in Carolina. So when I look at Sanders, I think he's undervalued uh, where he's going at right now. So someone I, I like to invest in here. I like it. I, I really do. I I know there's a lot of people that are anti Miles Sanders, and I want to be desperately, but 306.2. You know what that number represents? That represents how many fantasy points the starting running back of the Carolina, the lead snap running back, I should say, because sometimes they started but didn't get most snaps. That's how many points they scored in fantasy football last year. Only six of those weeks for Christian McCaffrey. We're talking fucking Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman. 306.2, which would have been RB4 or four, 5 from last year. That is something. And again, a different coordinator, though, different coach. So we filter in Frank Reich. Thomas Brown's not the play caller. Frank Reich's going to do this. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, a lot of pass catches by Jonathan Taylor. You have a lot of not, not a heavy rotation. Taylor, there was a clear lead, which I think this is. I would not be anywhere near Miles Sanders. I know about the yards after contact. I know about the the break tackle rates. I, I know. But at the rate you're talking about, the price tag, running back 19, 20, right in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm fine with that as well. So I, I back that one as well. Tyler, must have player for you. For me, I'm going back to the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think he had a absolute phenomenal finish to the year last year. I remember you were hyping him up in your manifesto and unfortunately injuries delayed that, but weeks 11 through 18, he was the wide receiver three, 10.4 targets per game, 7.5 receptions, nearly 85 yards per game and a touchdown. Every other outing this dude, I mean, add Kellen Moore to this offense, uh, who comes from Dallas, slot who was wide a slot receiver, receiver yes, in Dallas. Sir. who was that guy? CD lamb, yeah. that name ring any bells. Uh, very similar A dot as CD Land 9.0 for Allen, 10.0 for 
Lamb, uh, he's entering age 31, sure. But, I mean, I think Justin Herbert is a legitimate MVP caliber candidate this year in a pass-heavy offense. Keenan Allen, just his main target, I'm buying. Three, it's four turns. It's crazy. <laughs> Fourth round is his ADP currently. Like It is bizarre to me that Keenan Allen... Like, there's always that old man value somewhere, and he's not that old. Listen, it works both ways. He's still in the technical prime. 31's the the final year of the prime for a wide receiver, historically speaking. But then when you factor out, he has missed time in the past. He doesn't have as many routes run and everything also. And I'm absolutely in on Allen again. You're right with Kellen Moore. And I think that that is a major miss that people aren't recognizing in L.A. with the Chargers. Like Joe Lombardi's not there. So <laughs> I fought with people two years ago. Said Joe Lombardi is going to make Austin Eckler a star. He can get in the end zone. He's going to catch a billion passes. It's exactly what happened. Now he leaves. And everyone's like, oh, it's still going to happen. Even when he's fighting with contracts. It's like, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Eckler is one of the biggest fades of the year. Tyler, I'll spin it right back to you. Who's a fade for you on this season? Ooh, great question. Uh, I'm going to go with James Cook. And it's probably not a, a sexy name to say like that because everyone wants to root for a year or two back, especially a guy in the Buffalo Bills offense. Sure. I have a lot of fear of a sub-200-pound guy, especially when they added Damian Harris, added Latavius Murray. They want some hammers there. Yeah. They want the big boys. Uh, I don't think unless James Cook sprints for 30 plus yard gains consistently on a week in week out basis, I don't think you're going to be that happy with the end fantasy results in a redraft format. I think he's like a maybe like a zero RB guy that you just hope to get 10 fantasy points on a week to week level. But I don't think he's going to put up difference making fantasy points. So he's a guy that I'm fully out on despite being high on the bills. A little fact about the Buffalo Bills, too, that I uncovered is they ran 62% of the time behind their left guard, which last year was Roger Saffold. This year it's going to be Connor McGovern, former Dallas Cowboy. So I am hoping I'm going to watch this in training camp. Osiris Torrance, who I thought they got a good value on in the second round. I really want Torrance to win that left guard job because he's an inside mauler. He, he's a he can move. And uh, um, he's powerful as all hell. I think he did like 30 bench press reps, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. He's just a powerhouse. I'll be I'm going to be very interested to see who wins that job specifically, because it was the highest rate in the league at 62 percent last year running behind that uh, that spot. Uh, Armando Marsal, who's a fade for you this year? Uh, I'm going to fade Derek Henry. At his current ADP, I, I'm completely out on the Titans myself going into the season. And look, I, I get it. He's still produced at a pretty high level towards the end of last year. But I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks down. There was times last year he just didn't look uh, 100% right. Um, So I want to be out on Henry before, you know, before the consensus. So this is the year I'm, I'm out on Henry. And it's like if you're on the Titanic. And you know the iceberg's coming. Would you want to be first off, or do you want to wait and say, hey, you know what, everybody just relax or whatever? Uh, I want to be first off the boat. I'll be honest, and I love Derrick Henry. He's my my you know, King Henry. My son wears a King Henry uh, shirt all the time. Um, here's some stats: first half of games last year, 189 attempts for five or 992 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, 
Uh, 22 receptions, 289 there. He also had 11 touchdowns in the first half last year of games. Second half, he went from uh, 992 yards gained to 545, 5.2 yards per carry to 3.4, and just two touchdowns in the second half of ball games. That is, he would do this all the time. He'd come out and smash in the first quarter, second quarter. And normally a guy of his size weighs on, wears on the defense, and he always got better. He got worse last year. That is the ultimate sign of aging, people. So I'm with you completely on Derrick Henry. And I, I, I love the kid. And listen, if he falls far enough and you're, he's your RB2, it's fine. But just know that injuries coming and the age, I mean, 29, it, it's big for a big running back like him. Russell Clay, who's your fate of the year? So we actually, uh, I got a few minors and then a major. Uh, we were talking about Matthew Stafford on the live stream tonight, and I'm fading Matthew Stafford's back or body, I guess <laughs> yeah. you could say at this point. <laughs> Definitely worried about how long. Uh, he had a spinal condition. Like, uh, I, yeah. I don't know what they said. His spine was, her, I mean, I don't like hearing that. Yeah, so we don't like that. Uh Michael Thomas, I'm definitely not. I'm I'm not Ooh. doing that again. I, okay. I just I just can't do it again. Uh I, I dipped my toes last year after fading most of the offseason. And then he was what, two games? I, I just Look can't good for two games somehow. But he was great. That was it. Yeah. And uh and then um so I'm fading the uh the Arizona Cardinals this year. I'm really worried about the tank potential of they get into about a month and a half into the season and Kyler Murray can probably come back, but they're one in five and they just say, cash it in, put James Conner on IR, you know, put, you know, whatever is going on with Marquise Brown's foot, just put him on IR where we're packing it in. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm real worried about James Conner, whether he's healthy or not, um, I'm wondering if Keontae Ingram kind of, you know, starts to get more touches just because they're they're so bad and they want the young guys out there. So that whole offense, I'm I'm kind of worried about overall. Overall, uh, I I can totally understand that, and that's pretty obvious why. I, I like the Matthew Stafford thing there as well. So, like, what are we doing with the Rams this year? Because yeah, Super Bowl last year, and this is another story that has been simply not discussed. Like, we shall not speak of this, right? It's like Epstein's murder. It's like, we just don't talk about it. We just, <laughs> why would we say anything? And Sean McVay shut the team down. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't you're, you know, you're not healthy. You, you don't play, and you don't play, and you don't play. Nobody plays, and all of a sudden, it was just, we're shutting it all down, and I'm sitting there like, well, if Stafford's healthy, uh, Cooper Cup's still an elite level talent in fantasy. But if it's not Matthew Stafford, I'm quite worried. Uh, Armando, what are you thinking about the Rams this year? Is there any kind of investment? Yeah, we actually had this conversation today on the roster. And this is why I hate drawing the fifth overall pick because you're generally uh, in a position where you're going in the direction of Cup, uh, Diggs, Kelsey. So, I, I mean, look, I still think. Cup can produce so long as Stafford is healthy, but that's a big question mark for all of us, I think. Um, so I will, I will invest uh, in Cooper Cup in the in the case that Stafford does stay healthy. 
but I will limit my exposure to someone like him. And the good thing about that is there's several players in that range that I wouldn't mind having exposure to, like I mentioned. So um, I don't think I'll be overly exposed to someone like Cup, but I do think that having exposure makes a lot of sense if you're playing multiple leagues. Uh, speaking of which, Armando, what is your ideal first-round draft position this year? I really would love one of the top two picks. I I want to come out of as many drafts as possible with Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. And I've, I've done a couple of drafts from that number two spot already. And I, I haven't finished them because they're slow drafts, but I really like so far the roster construction for both of those teams. Um, there is, you, you could do a lot of good things from those spots. Um, Tyler Beaker, your thoughts on the Rams and your ideal draft spot in round one. Mm, Rams. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> he's getting out his book, checks notes. <laughs> he just put on bifocal glasses. I've never seen Tyler wear bifocal glasses before, but he's got something. What do you got? You take Cooper Cup if you are playing in multiple leagues, like Armando said. Otherwise, if you're playing in two to three leagues, let somebody else take him. You don't need that mistake for one. Ru- Matthew Stafford inevitably breaks. I mean, a back injury is not something to mess with. And at his age, like, I don't understand why retirement isn't on the table it should be i i don't see this rams team going anywhere except for uh, a beeline for that 101 selection and, and getting the first pick in the 2024 nfl draft uh that said i like puka nakua as a super late pick yes. just because they're going to need to fill out somebody on that roster yes. uh, they're going to need to throw to somebody and that defense is hysterically poor um the, 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 yeah. it's just a very very bad team uh as far as a draft pick i'm with armando again picks one or two because yeah. you get Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I like going with either Tony Pollard or Brees Hall and then get my guy, Josh Allen, round three. I mean, I think it's a, a balanced start that lets you just hit receivers moving forward and gives you some heavy hitters at the three of the four starting positions. Boy, yeah, totally right on that. Russell, what do you think? Yeah, they are not a team I'd thought about much until it was brought up today, which is probably not a good sign for how I think of them. Uh, you know, Cup can. Yeah, but definitely... what about Stetson Bennett? We could get Stetson Bennett in <laughs> yeah. there. There you oh, go. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, I will wow. say the one guy I'm kind of looking at is uh, Tyler Higby's really cheap. And he's had moments where he's kind of been, you know, featured in this offense over the last, what, three to four years. So. Maybe that's an interesting piece or something like that, but yeah, overall not not very excited about about uh the poor old Rams here. What about screens, baby? Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> they're gonna wish that Baker Mayfield was still there after like four weeks of the season. I have a feeling. But Russell Clay, what's your ideal draft spot? I I really like uh the back half of uh the draft, probably like the eleven pick. 10 and 11, but I'll, I'll go with 10 just because I'm snagging Jonathan Taylor uh, with my second pick. Um, I'm not fading him like everyone else is. Um, I still view him as a first round fantasy pick. So uh, that kind of solidifies everything there. I'd probably take him at 110. So to get him in the second round uh, kind of makes you know, my draft slot choice pretty easy there. So that's kind of how I'm playing that. Are you guys looking to, because here's something that's happening, evolving as we speak. I went in the whole end of last season and the last few months, the beginning of this year, I thought, all right, it is 
if anybody tells me I have to do, I have to get my running backs early. I have to get it. I was going to just light them on fire. Right. I was, that was my, I was like, no, you can't force running backs in anymore. It's those days are over. And sure enough, that is what the market is showing us. I think only three running backs are going in the top 12 picks at this point. And I've been in several drafts, Mm -hmm. mocks and otherwise lately where it's like, all right, only three running backs. Eckler, usually Bijan McCaffrey, and Eckler are the only ones going in that first round. And I'm sitting back like, okay, kind of proud of this. But, and something that happened to me in our mock draft, our staff mock draft that we were doing was, I think I had the third pick there. But when we came back, I'm like, oh, man, these savages took all the receivers. Like, there, there is like a supply of receiver that if you end up with a McCaffrey, Bijan, Taylor, or if you went Eckler, which I do not recommend, like you you come back in that second round, and that's where some pretty good running backs are just kind of sitting there for you. So, are you guys noticing the same thing, Armando? Yeah, yeah, you're seeing a lot of good quality running backs. I mean, today I got Jonathan Taylor in the middle of the second round. Um, you're getting a lot of quality running backs in that range, and it, it just makes a lot of sense to go receiver because of that reason. You know, I, I talked about Miles Sanders a little bit uh, before. Uh, there's there's quality running backs going beyond round three and four um, in some of these drafts. I mean, Joe Mixon, we're seeing him fall. So yeah. I think there's a strong case to be made because there's, like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, there's kind of a gap after Ridley, you know, at the receiver position that um, I, I think you don't see as big uh, at the running back position. So, but then you can make a strong case for going running back heavy. I think it really depends on your your league setup and your league score rules and all that stuff. Because if the, if you can start, you know, up to three running backs and you could get, you know, three, you know, top seven running backs because of the way drafts are going, you're going to put yourself at, at a big advantage as well uh, against your opponent. So I, I think it's all about league setups, league settings, uh, and and you know, kind of your scoring uh, settings as well. As far as roster construction is concerned, Tyler Beaker, you always uh, do zero running back, modified zero RB strategy on the site, and you've implemented it a bunch over the years as well. Um, I've never really been a zero RB guy. Modified zero RB, yes, not zero RB though. But as I look at this year, I'm like, man, there is some real goodness in the round four through six, even four through round through round seven, pick 84. Like we're still getting, and I, I know he shit all over it. Russell did, but James Connor, Javante, <laughs> like I, there's some players I like some running backs. I should say there, is this the year after everybody is poo pooed the zero RB idea that this is the year we can get away with it. Well, I mean, last year was why I was so successful. And I think that's why we're seeing receivers thrust up the board right now in ADP. I look at like the round three running backs. Let me just list them. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre, Brees Hall, Najee. Any one of those could finish as a top six option. I would not be surprised. And to get them in round three is ridiculous. Thinking you can go receiver, receiver, and get one of those guys. And if you want to go with a modified zero RB approach or have one of these guys as your anchor backs, I think you can do that quite confidently and not return to running back until round eight or so and grab a Javante, a David Montgomery, a James Conner. Uh, and just wait at the position because there's so many great receiving talents. And I just want my fantasy teams to be loaded with as many top 36 wide receivers as possible. And that means taking multiple shots at it. Not every player is going to survive the entire 18 weeks of the season. Not every player is going to um, 
be consistent in their uh, approach and ability to provide week winning weeks, but wide receivers in general outscore running backs almost uniformly. Once we get beyond like the top five guys that have the, the spike week, I'm sorry, the spike season ability. So once we're past that group, like just wide receivers, just almost as a blanket statement, outscore the running back counterparts. So zero RB is very much once again in play and the backs that you can get if like, I'm just looking at round seven, like Swift, Akers, Dalvin, Pacheco. There's, and then all the round eight backs I listed, Javante, David Montgomery, James Conner. There's so many backs that it's a very viable path to take once again this year. And the board kind of really sets up that way. And I'm looking at underdog ADP as I'm saying this. This is half PPR format. Like wow. to, to see these receivers yeah. thrust up that much in half PPR, it's only right. going to be even worse than full PPR. So the backs are just going to continue to get pushed down and you're going to get some great values at running back this year. Russell Clay, you're, uh, how are you attacking the running back spot? Yeah, so I like that. They also mentioned David Montgomery. Um, I I do like Brian Robinson as well as a guy you can get in these best ball drafts pretty late. Uh, but yeah, you know, I well, the problem is a lot of these guys I like are going higher now. So a guy like Travis Etienne, um, you know, guys like Jonathan Taylor, um, I'm I'm going to be drafting them when I get the opportunity. But if I can wait, um, and I do get like an early first round pick, I get like Jamar Chase, and then I can team him up with T Higgins or something like that. Uh, you know, looking at those. The picks from from ninety to one ten, uh, kind of the it looks grimy, but I'm kind of interested in the the Kendra Millers, the Damian Harris, and one guy I'm I'm pretty honed in on later is Tank Bigsby, um, who is the main guy behind Travis Etienne, third round pick this year. If anything happens to Etienne, they have nothing behind him, and uh, I think he could emerge as a guy that could be an every week starter. So I, I really like the the 90 to 110, 120 range of running backs. Real quick, uh, Russ, with ETN, and we'll spin this mm-hmm. around for everybody because we did talk Jaguars, so I wasn't going to follow up with it, but why only 35 receptions? He This guy ran the sixth mm-hmm. most routes of all running backs last year. Why that, to me, with the addition of Bigsby, ETN has to catch more balls it i mean has to because if he doesn't i know he only got five touchdowns he can get that again he he should improve upon that even with big speed if he stole goal line work he should still get five but if he doesn't catch i mean really 50 or more balls etn's value is quite limited is it not it, it absolutely is. And, uh, you know, I do think they are shifting Bigsby into that, uh, you know, between the tackles role to open things up for for ETN as a receiver. But, yeah, they basically just used him as a read option running back uh, last year. So uh, that wasn't great, but obviously super explosive. And if they can get him into the screen game more, uh, that'll be good for fantasy. But yeah, that's definitely a concern going into this year. Um, all right. Yeah, I think that's, you know, speaks volumes. Let's get into, uh, I want to talk about deep sleepers. Like we gave our sort of must haves, but I want to like a super deep sleeper type from everybody. And we'll go around the room. We'll start, uh, let's start with Tyler. 
on this one. Tyler, who do you got as a super deep sleeper? Let's say round 10 plus. So pick 120 or higher if you're looking at like ADP. Some, you know, somebody deep. Going to stick with the Giants, Isaiah Hodgins, a guy that I'm projecting mm-hmm. to be seeing a full-time role just given his size, what he offers relative to other receivers in that New York receiver group. Really cleared. Uh, he was really impressive to end the the 2022 season with a touchdown in, I think it was five of his last seven games, um, including a big playoff game, 8-105-1. and one. Yeah, really think he can be a guy that takes a step forward. And there's just so many undersized slot receivers that they've compiled. Uh, a lot of speedy guys. I just think that his archetype is going to be uh, a necessity where he's just on the field for a very high majority of snaps. So he's a, he's a guy I'm very interested in. I'm buying the Giants, so I'm buying a guy that I think is going to be on the field quite a bit. That uh, that lines up Armando Marsal, who's a deep sleeper for you this season. I'm going to stick right there with the Giants. Uh, Paris oh. Campbell, I like him a okay. lot. Um, I think he's going to be the primary slot receiver for New York this year. Uh, it's a fruitful position uh, in Dable's offense. When you look at his time from 2018 to 2021 in Buffalo, offense mm-hmm. coordinator there, the primary slot receiver was targeted over, over 100 times uh, every season, finishing with, as wide receiver 39 or better in PPR scoring. Uh, last year in his first season with the Giants, Richie James, who was their primary slot receiver when you look at routes run out of the slot, uh, tied second for most targets on the team uh, there with Barkley. So I just, I, it's a position that gets targeted a lot in this offense. I agree with Tyler. I think this is a team that's going to continue to, you know, move in the right direction and continue ascending. Um, so I'm buying Campbell. He's pretty much going, you know, after outside of the two, uh, top 200. So he is a super talented yeah. receiver. Like Paris Campbell is very good and it just hasn't clicked for him in Indianapolis, but they brought it, they targeted him and it was an early signing, which is another thing. When you look at the off season of free agency, see, you know, there's some under the radar guys who signed early, not James Robinson, who's already been released by the Patriots and a mistake, but um, you know, guys like that, you think have something. And Richie James was my DFS savior last year because we just plugged them in at near minimum salary for like five out of six weeks. And the day just produced just nice, easy two X, three X games was very, very nice and wholesome. One other follow up, Armando Marcel. Why did you not say Terrace Marshall Jr.? <laughs> I, I just don't believe I don't believe in Bryce Young. I, I'm in the minority in that department. I know that. Um I, I just don't believe in Bryce. I think I don't think he's when you look at his size, I mean, durability is a big concern for me. Um, I know we've seen guys like Kyler Murray survive the first couple of years, uh, but, we, you know, we saw him break down. We've seen, you know, Tua Tagovailoa, I think, undersized as well, kind of, you know, been breaking down um, throughout his career. So I just I'm concerned about the quarterback situation long term there. So if as much you, as I, as much as I want to root for Marshall, I can't. If you and I both don't go in on Terrace Marshall. You know, there's gonna like somebody's gonna win <laughs> the Millies and the the underdog. Like everyone's gonna win with Terrace Marshall. You know that's gonna happen if neither one of us jinx him again. I mean, that's I, I don't know if we can let the world have him yet. I, I'm I'm worried about poor Terrace Marshall. I mean, I but do I, have I, him in our dynasty league. I do have him in our dynasty. League, so I'll take him in a trade. Invested. I'll take him in a trade if you want. I, I don't like Bryce Young either. By the way, for the record, I really don't. But Ginger Hair Genius right behind him. Might be, yeah. might be a savior there. 
the ginger <laughs> genius. Um, all right, super deep sleeper, Russell Clay. Who do you got? All right, so if we're going super deep, I'll do uh Marvin Mims. Uh, I kind of really loved yes. I really loved Ooh. his prospect profile out of Oklahoma. And I kind of the last year there, I felt like there was a lot of meat left on the bone due to, you know, pretty, pretty mediocre offensive situation, which you don't usually think of at Oklahoma. But Lincoln Riley kind of abandoned him, uh, as did Caleb Williams. But, uh, you know, second round pick, I think he was a first round caliber pick. Uh, and when you look at Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, you know, all these guys in this Denver offense, uh, injuries have been pretty regular and they didn't draft him for nothing. You know, KJ Hamler as well, a guy just can't be on the field. Uh, so, you know, if injuries do happen there again, I think you have a really, really talented guy. And if he starts getting 50, 60% of the snaps, I think he's going to make enough plays where they're, they're going to have to make him a full-time starter. And, you know, if, if Wilson is throwing those, uh, those deep orbs down there again, accurately, then he could be the Tyler Lockett. I love, man. I love that uh, a lot. Uh, I'll throw a guy out there who I've talked about a bunch, but Zach Evans is the player. I don't believe in Cam Akers at all. Like not Mm. nobody is going to fool me with Cam Akers. And I love the guy. His agent sent me a shirt. I have a shirt that, you know, Cam Akers signed and I love the kid, but show me somebody post Achilles that produces at a high level for more than four games. and, And then I'll buy. But until that point, I just can't believe it. I also think it's a long road from saying, yeah, fuck you to the coach. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you the ball a lot. But we're also going to bring in this running back. Don't read into it or nothing. So uh, I'll go Zach Evans is a guy that I I have my eye on really super late. Uh, Rasheed Rice in Kansas City, another player that I'm very intrigued by. Remember Clark Hunt, uh, RIP to his wife, who just passed away. The owner of the Chiefs went to SMU. This is an SMU kid. Just. Feel they did the local the edge rusher they drafted was a local kid so kind of that's something you could do when you're the Chiefs now you could bring in good stories and he's got size and speed and Patrick Mahomes behind him so uh, a guy like Rasheed Rice is another one that I have my eye on looking looking out um talk about l- let's talk about rookies here and I'll spin it right back to Russell Clay. Uh, rookies that are in good spots. I mentioned at the start of the show that in dynasty leagues, it's B. John Robinson. And, uh, Jameer Gibbs is usually the second pick, except in super draft of course, or super flex. I'm sorry. Um, drafts. What other rookies though? I mean, what are the guys that you're really, you're targeting that can make it some kind of an impact this year, ideally. And then uh, going forward who you can invest in for this season. Or going for in the future, invest in now for the long term. Yeah. So as you mentioned, it's a pretty top heavy year. Bijan, really, really special guy. We're going to probably get an RB1 finish there. Jameer Gibbs, really exciting and should get year one opportunity. Beyond that, it's pretty bleak. Uh, I will say, you know, the, the one second round pick this year was Zach Charbonnet, and he obviously goes to a place where uh, barring something crazy, he's not going to be the starter. So that's not great there. Why did that happen? I don't know. Well, can uh, anybody is... explain to me why? Yeah. What? 
I've tried with Kenneth Walker. He didn't have great break tackle last year. It wasn't bad. It was that you know solid but not spectacular? He definitely wore down at the, that middle stretch of the season, and then exploded. Had hundred yards the last four, but didn't score a touchdown. I think in the last five. But why did they draft Charbonnet? I don't know. Well, it's they crazy. jettisoned a lot of players, though. They jettisoned a lot of their depth players. Penny yeah. and uh, Homer, Travis Homer was gone. But oh man, that but, drove me crazy. Sorry, Russ. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll just throw out there my my one later round running back this year is going to be Kendra Miller. Yeah, uh, I just look at the Saints and they drafted him in the third round. Same round they drafted Camara. So they're definitely. I believe organizations draft the archetypes they successfully did in the past, and I I think they look at this guy maybe not the same type of skill set, but a third round running back, really talented, really explosive. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that Camara suspension, but nothing, no offense to Jamal Williams, but I don't think he's necessarily a guy who's going to keep a hyper talented, um, young player off the field. So I think if Miller gets snaps early in the year, that's going to grow and he could end up being an Antonio Gibson type. I don't watch a lot of college football during the season. We're all busy and stuff. I try to catch as much, but I wrote a note on one of my yellow pads um, during it. This was like October ish. Who the fuck is this guy on TCU? (laughs) That's exactly what I wrote to myself. And I had to figure him out. I, it was a, like a a consecutive drives, two plays like in a row or somewhere in the first half of a game where it was, they ran draw plays at third and 12 or higher. It was like third and 12 and third and 14. They ran a draw with Kendrick Miller, both times, both times successful. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like he's and it's not like, oh, it's wide open. They were playing, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a dime package. No, he's breaking tackles. I'm like, what the? Who's this? Like, I, I didn't know anything about him, so I'm definitely intrigued. And Jamal Williams is not a, a spring chicken. He's not young. We know Camaro's going to miss time. And I've heard a uh, little birdie named Armando Marsal kind of say. I wouldn't doubt if, you know, uh, that Camara missed an entire season, let alone a, uh, isn't that right, Armando? Weren't you the ones that said that to me? I would, you know, I didn't say that, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a significant amount of time. I, I would not be surprised. I, I'm investing in this backfield like, as if he's going to miss uh, a lot of time. And I, I agree with Russell. I think, you know, uh, this is the way to go here. Because uh-huh. Jamal Williams, they, they sign him and he's going to have a role, but. Yeah. It's not going to be the same role he had in Detroit. Not even close. Not 17 touchdowns worth. Armando, who's the rookie you're investing in this year? I like Quinton Johnston quite a bit. I love the landing spot for him. We talked about the Kellen Moore offense and what we can expect. They're not going to be dinking and dunking and just doing it. They're, they're going to take more shots downfield. Uh, I, we know Mike Williams, you know, just unfortunately cannot stay healthy. Love the talent, love the receiver, but just uh, can't stay healthy. Uh, so I think there's a pretty clear path to opportunities for Johnson, and, and we're going to see those. And he, I know the hands are an issue. I know you know drops have been an issue with him because of the way he catches the football. But you're you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks in the in the game. I think opportunities are going to be there, and, and it's also one of the more, more accurate quarterbacks in football. So um, I think that with the coaching staff here, that can improve in the department for that could be an improvement uh, for Johnson as a rookie. I watched all 60 receptions from him last year at TCU. His body, right? 
Not one catch with his hands. Not one <laughs> single catch. And I'm just, I'm like, what? Not one. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's got to be something. But guess what? No, no. But I just watched. And again, I don't make a lot of this. But, you know, you sniff around. It's like my dog when I'm making a turkey sandwich. My dog, He's nose up in the air. He's smelling. He's just seeing what's going on. You know, he's not trying to harm nobody. And uh, highlight of OTAs, Justin Herbert throwing fades, Quentin Johnson. Motherfucker skyrocketed up one hand. One hand grab pulls it back to his body. Did it on consecutive throws. Now it's just drills. It's just OTAs. But I'm like, some bitch. Like, wow. Okay. All right. I see you. I see. If if he can do that, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Um. I will. I'll be pissed at myself. But uh, you know, I still stay true to my process. But he could be the best player in this entire class, even better than. Uh, B. John Robinson, quite honestly, if he can actually make catches with his hands and not have to body every single thing. So I like that call a lot. Tyler Beaker, who's the rookie you're looking at this year? I got to agree with Armando. It's Quentin Johnston, but uh, I'll give you guys someone else. Um, Devin A. Chain, the Dolphins. Day two capital on him. He's a blazer with 4-3-2 speed. Among all backs tested at the NFL Combine at the 40, he had the second fastest top speed at 24 plus miles per hour. Uh, among all backs last year in the collegiate NCAA, top 20 in gains of 10 plus and 15 plus yards. I think he's going to fit right in with Miami's group of track stars. He's he's going to be a fun back to roster. He is there's undersized, going to be tackled. But when you have you, ha- I mean, safeties have to play back for Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. You can't even mess around with not doing that. It's going to let him get a lot of runway. To get started, this is a good offensive line in Miami, too. That you know, people always say to uh, you know, the, the Dolphins were eight and five with Tua under center, and that's true. But you know, who else they were also eight and five when Teron Armstead, their left tackle, started. And I go back to the Houston Texans game where they were up 20 to nothing or 27 nothing at half. John's or yeah, uh, Teron Armstead went down right before the halftime. And that game got interesting towards then. I think they still won by 15, but they didn't score in the second half whatsoever. And when Armstead was out, that offense stalled. It was more, it was okay with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and even Skylar Thompson when Armstead was healthy. So uh, I, I dig that. I really do. Let's go some rapid fire as we wrap this up and really appreciate our uh, appreciate Armando Masal, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay join us here on the app. So I could talk ball with you guys freaking all night long and uh if i would uh if uh, i knew it wasn't so late on the east coast but let's go rapid fire around the room a couple questions what team does dalvin cook sign with tyler beaker we'll start with you los angeles chargers i think they need a hammer Ooh. back wow holy shit i didn't expect that one zach it's me that's that would be exciting armando uh Buffalo Bills. I I like Damien Harris right now, but I think that they really need someone that is going to be a incredibly efficient in between the tackle runner consistently with the upside that Cook has. He still has juice left in the tag, I think. I don't think he is an elite back, but I still think he has juice left in the tag. I think that's an ideal landing spot. Russell Clay, where does Dalvin Cook play in 2023? Uh, Miami, I think. I think that's a good good fit there. 
be an amazing fit. That is for sure. Whether they can get a contract handled or not, that's another thing. Uh, well, same question, and we'll go to Armando first. DeAndre Hopkins, where does he play? In tw- I, I, I have, you know, I, I honestly believed him when he said he wanted to go and compete, but based on his recent visits, I don't think that's the case anymore. I still think the Chiefs make the most sense, and I'm, I'm just going to have him landing there as a selfish fantasy manager. All right, uh, Russell Clay. Uh, my answer is please, God, not the Titans. Please don't go to the so Titans. Bad. That would be um, brutal. Yeah, so I definitely don't want that to happen. Kansas City would be great. Um, you know, a fun one was Cleveland. I don't think they need him. I actually really like their wide receivers, but that feels like one that has potential just because of the connection to Watson and he had so much success with him. Tyler Beaker, where does Hopkins land? That is the million dollar question because wherever he goes, he's going to command some short to intermediate targets and quite a bit of them. I think it's going to be Kansas City and I think we see Kelsey take a hit for it and it's going to make me very sad with all my Travis Kelsey shares. Dude, it would be brutal because, yeah, I have a lot of Rasheed Rice. Um, I have plenty of Kelsey already. That would be well, – how high does he go? Where do you draft DeAndre Hopkins on the Chiefs, Tyler? I think uh, you slot him in right next to Ridley, like at that 3-4 turn. Uh, I, would, I would love to get him there. I worry he might go even higher. Where does Hopkins on the Chiefs fall, uh, uh, Armando? Where's his value if that happens? Um, I would probably put um... – I want to say that Olave, Jalen Waddle, Olave range, T. Higgins, that that kind of range. Yeah, receiver eleven to twelve. Tom yeah, Russell. about the top fifteen. Russell Clay, where do you put Hopkins if he does land on the Chiefs? Yeah, uh, you know whether it's a sharp person or someone who just knows Patrick Mahomes, they're going to want to draft Hopkins on the Chiefs. So I I agree, Jeff. That could slide up quick, like to the second round. So. Uh, yeah, he's going to go really high. I could, yeah, I'm going to change my answer. Let me change my answer. <laughs> second, yeah, It's like, dude, it's the best because when B. John Robinson went to the Falcons, like that night I went back to the lab and I'm like, okay, you know, wh- where am I putting this? And for like two weeks after people, I heard, you know, I hear people, they're like, oh, you know, uh, he might be a late first, early second round pick. I'm like, this motherfucker's first overall. Like he's closer to first overall then he's going to be end of the first, early in the second. I think that, you know, it's it's still not his value hasn't quite hit that, but in every in- industry draft that I've done, Bisha Robinson has gone the top six picks. Every one of them so far. So um yeah, it's always like optimist. <laughs> we're like, oh, we'll get him the nope. Because we're all seeing the exact same thing. Uh rapid fire, Armando, best offseason move in the entire NFL. Could be anything. Uh, Free agents, draft picks. The Jets getting Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I think that was the best move. That it was a team with uh, arguably the worst QBs last season, uh, and they have a very talented offense. So I think getting Aaron Rodgers made a lot of sense and improved the team dramatically. By the way, I'm very proud of us for uh, this. is The first time we're speaking word of Aaron Rodgers or the Jets on 90 minute podcast. So kudos <laughs> to uh, I think we win. I think Armando gets the award. We get the award just for that. I think because right? I don't think other <laughs> people can go. do that. Um, uh, Russell, best offseason move 
this all, all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this around for us uh it was calvin ridley setting all those parlays or whatever he was betting <laughs> so he could end up with my boy trevor lawrence <laughs> and life is much better for me now um because now lawrence has his deep threat so thank you to calvin for for playing DraftKings. by the way can you imagine the falcons with b john robinson kyle pitts drake london and calvin ridley Jeez. Oh my god! I mean, that, I mean, the thing is, what is they only got a what a third for him? I think they didn't get. Yeah, much. it wasn't much. Wow! I mean, oh, I don't know. That's not looking so good now. Even missing this season, it may have been uh, been worth it. Uh, Tyler, best off season move. Mm, it's kind of open ended at this point, but I'll say Baltimore adding Todd Monken, uh, just completely moving away from the archaic snail pace of Greg Roman's offense to something in the 21st century uh, should help Baltimore across the board. It will be interesting. I cannot, I, I, I'm enamored with that. I'm a, I'm out on Baltimore. I, I not because I don't think they could do better. I have no idea whether Lamar Jackson could throw outside the hash marks. There is no clinical proof to show me anything. There's no tape. There's no numbers. I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. They got a lot of receivers. They have two good tight ends. They could run the Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. They they could do things with Modkin. I just have no idea, and that troubling for uh for me because uh, I like to know going in. But it'll be fun to watch. That is for sure. I'll I'm going to throw one in. That's the uh, I'll go back to my Broncos. Sean Payton. The Broncos getting Sean Payton was stunning. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the biggest upgrade anybody could have. Go from Nate Hackett, who literally didn't know how to name a play. I mean, that that's one of those over people don't realize. He is a human being whose father was a legend in this business. He has been for 20 years a coach in the National Football League. He didn't know how to design a playbook. He didn't know what the terminology to use. I've never heard of anything like that in my life. He didn't. And that's why they had the same. They let Russell Wilson name the place, which he named them all from Seattle. But Seattle fucking knew right off the bat. Like it is incredible going from that disaster to Sean Payton, who is as sharp as it gets. I think the Broncos are going to be intriguing this year. But uh, getting Payton is wow, <laughs> a huge upgrade for that entire organization. Well, we have uh, you guys, all the listeners of One Man's Opinion, got a huge upgrade tonight. That is for sure by having our esteemed panel, Armando Marsal, Tyler Beekle, Beaker, Beekle. What the fuck is wrong with me? I shouldn't have been. This is what I get for drinking before the podcast. And Russell Clay <laughs> on today's show. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. You guys are well-respected. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the great work you do for us at fantasyguru.com, all the loyal members and everything else. And, uh, you know, appreciate all you guys tuning in and coming on the show today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate it. Always a great time talking football uh, with you guys. Uh, Well, we couldn't come up with, what was it? Uh, What was the the, 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 post-nut clarity? Yeah, we we didn't come up with a post-nut clarity, but... Russ was it, it, on the right track when he started talking about Riddy's uh, gambling. And, and I'm thinking and I may call the, this episode Tyler Beekle. I may do that because <laughs> of my flub there. That may be something. but awesome. <laughs> I, I will not do Tyler that dirty. That is for sure. Remember, guys, 
follow Russell Clay at Russell J. Clay on Twitter. Tyler Beaker at Tyler Beaker, all one word, T-Y-L-E-R-B-U-E-C-H-E-R. And Armando Marsal at Armando underscore Marsal. Also listen to the Mind of Marsal podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Wherever you got this podcast from, it is there, I am sure. Uh, folks, thank you for tuning in. Everybody, remember the draft guide. If you like what you heard today, this is just a very, very small taste of all the great content we have for you over at FantasyGuru.com. Draft guide is on sale now. Early bird prices run to the end of June. After that, they're going up 25%. It's not our fault. Don't yell at us. That's just the nature of the business. So get the draft guide. Get the full season package now, the elite seasonal package. That gets you a ticket to Fantasy Football Training Camp. That is August 18th, 2023. It's a Friday. You don't have to be there live, but we are there. We will spend the entire day, 24 hours of nonstop fantasy football talk, conversation, and we will have a, a different breakout sessions for DFS for betting for receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, and rookies and dynasty and best ball and redraft and every single format league setup you could imagine. And you get a ticket to the elite mafia fantasy football championship in 2023 as well. All that with the elite seasonal package or make it easy on yourself. Get the VIP platinum package where you get all the sports, every single thing we do. When I come up with a new metric and it goes in the elite data section, you get it. We come up with horse racing for the Breeders' Cup, you get it. You get all our MMA, all of our PGA, everything in that VIP Platinum Package. It's 50% off now through the end of June. Use the promo code PLAT50 for that one. All right, folks, uh, for the great Armando Marsal, Tyler Beaker, and Russell Clay, this is Jeff Manns. You may disagree with some or maybe every damn thing you heard on today's program, and it's perfectly all right by us. Why? Well, today it was just four man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!